You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host, and we are back with the second episode in as many days. We are here to talk nothing else but Garrett Cole to the New York Yankees. And when we talk New York Yankees, who am I joined by? Yes, I'm joined by Alec Argento, arguably the best Yankees fan I know, huge baseball fan, huge baseball nerd. He loves his stuff there in the MLB, and specifically the New York Yankees. So I had to have on my boy Alec. We also sprinkled in some New York Mets talk, because while we're on the topic of baseball, it can't hurt to sprinkle in some Mets and some other stuff with the Houston Astros uh, and this landscape of the American League. It's some, it's a great episode. We talk all things Yankees and Cole, uh, and Alex here to join me. But since we recorded the podcast a little bit earlier on Wednesday evening, I just got the word from the Twitter and Jeff Passan and whatnot that Anthony Rendon, who we spoke about quickly in this episode, and the Los Angeles Angels, who we spoke about quickly in this episode, not together, have come to an agreement. So Anthony Rendon will be a Los Angeles Angel. So when you listen to that part and uh, we don't mention it, don't come at me because I'm telling you right now that I didn't know then, but I'm telling you now that I know now. So there it is. But without further ado, plenty of great things on the SBNY podcast coming in the next 45 minutes or so, breaking down the coal situation, the money, the Yankees, and their now new found spot as favorite, or maybe they were already the favorite. I don't know, but Yankee fans have great reason to be excited, and Sports Blog New York podcast listeners have great reason to be excited, as this is the second episode in two days, so it's time. But first, subscribe, rate. Review. It means a lot to me. I really do appreciate it. Hit those five stars. Drop in some words, some thoughts on what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more about on the Sports Blog New York podcast, and you will individually, as one single person, make my day. So thank you so much for listening, as always. But now here we go. This time for real. Sports Blog New York podcast. Let's get it. Here we go, Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I am joined by my guy, my co-host extraordinaire, Alec Argento. No better person to have here with me today after we got some coal for Christmas. That's an original joke. I just thought of it, and uh, there it is. What's up, Alec? Yeah, we got our boy. We got our boy. We got our boy. The Evil Empire is back. It is George Steinbrenner all over again. I am so happy. Hal opened up the checkbooks. We're in good shape, baby. So you're excited? Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of you know, ambivalent towards the whole situation. <laughs> I just caught you off guard there because you're about to take a sip of water. I can hear it. And <laughs> you thought I was going to come back with some elaborate response to your excitement. But what an intro by Alec Argento there. As you can see, he is uh, speaking for all the Yankee fans out there who are quite excited. Uh, I could have had a different angle opening the show, Alec, where we could have talked about <laughs> a different pitcher coming to New York because the Mets signed Michael Waka, baby. You talk about Steinbrenner opening up the wallet. How about our new boy, Steve Cohen, bringing in Michael Waka? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I'm kind of hyped for Steve Cohen. I'm hope. I'm, I mean, that guy is as rich as they come. I'm hoping he uh, 
he turns the Mets into uh, into the next Yankees and actually starts breaking the bank. Oh. We'll see if he gets Mookie. Dude, don't even come on. I'm not ready for that's that. That's what everyone's saying. That's I'm all not, the speculation, my dude. I'm not ready for that. We'll talk about some Mets stuff at the end, but this is not about the Mets. Let's be real. We know what this is about. This is about the New York Yankees. Now, last time we spoke, Alec, I believe it was entering the um, American League Championship Series. Is that correct? Sounds about right. All right. So that was maybe we talked some Knicks after that. I don't know. It might have been the last time we spoke, though. It's been a quick turnaround to winter and football and basketball season here. But you're back. Um, before we really dive into Cole specifically and the contract and all this stuff that we need to talk about, the way the season ended and the way the disappointment really like burst onto the scene when you guys did not even make the World Series here, on top of or I guess underneath because in, in regards to order, but with the Astros stuff coming out and they're cheating and the pitching just not being able to get you over the hump before you get to Cole, where was your disappointment level at or frustration level at with this team and the way the last couple months went um, now leading to this moment of getting Cole? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard not to be disappointed knowing that we were essentially the Atlanta Braves to the nineties Yankees, right. Um, with, yeah. with, with the Astros, but I mean, you know, I, I've I've spent hours upon hours looking at all the all the stuff that's come out about um, whatever kind of uh, I guess trash can gate is that what we're doing? Is that what we're going to call it for, trash, for now on with the uh, trash can gate? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, I honestly like I, I can't overstate how huge of a deal that is. Uh, this whole situation, it from what it seems like with three years, and it's probably going to be like the third biggest black eye in in, in the history of baseball behind. Um, you know the the black socks and the uh, and, and steroids. And wait, uh, and this can, is a can, huge... I, can I stop you for a second there too? Because that sentence what? in in a whole is hilarious. Because the steroid thing is obvious; that's totally fair. But when you're talking about the three biggest black eyes, like the black socks was so long ago, it was like a hundred years ago. So like, who even cares? This is the second biggest. Black I mean, eye you. I know for baseball. a fact you, you read Julius I mean? Joe Jackson in high school. You know what's funny? <laughs> I actually didn't. I didn't have that book. No, I, it's weird. I no. feel I feel like I missed out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, we're still talking about it. I guess you could say um, Pete Rose, but that's more of a personal scandal, and there's right. been plenty of personal scandals. But just, um, just yeah, I mean, I mean that, that whole situation, the, the, what's going to come out of that is going to be monumental, and it's hard not to feel cheated. And I'm not just as a Yankee fan. I mean, if I was a Red Sox fan or a Dodgers fan, like I, I would feel equally as cheated. So it's, it's, you know, it, it's just kind of like, it's a shitty situation. That's not going to get any better. I mean, we'll try to get some retribution there, but you know, I mean, I, I think you probably personally, I wouldn't feel good unless AJ Hinch gets a lifetime ban Oof. and then Cora and Beltran and whoever else are, uh, are uh, heavily involved, get you know at least a year of suspension too, which I don't hey, think is going to happen. Hey, but. keep keep Beltron's name out your mouth, all right? That's my boy. I mean, I love Beltran. I, 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 you heard it here first on the podcast that I said Facts. Carlos Beltran was going to be. A, 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 I thought he would be a perfect match for the Mets before he even was interviewed for the job. That is that is true. You did call that one. That was your top candidate that you thought they were going to go for. So very interesting. Uh, we'll and again, we'll talk about the Mets more later, but. Uh, with the lifetime ban situation, that's so crazy to me. So I don't even know what to say about that because it's so crazy. It's such a hardcore thing to do. But like you said, what an unbelievably bad look and just pure cheating. It's one thing to steal signs. And this is being beaten into the ground. We've talked about this. It's like a couple weeks old at this point. But it's one thing to steal signs if you can see the catcher's hand from second base or whatever. But if you're using video equipment, it's terrible. 
But besides, I literally just got a notification that Rob Manfred has interviewed sixty people already about this. So wow, you got to think that something bad's going to come down. <laughs> wow, and in a way, I guess the fact that we're talking about this right now is not terrible. If we talked about it like a week or two ago, it would have been a weird time. But now that winter meetings are happening and uh, some free agents are getting signed, it's a it's a good time to bring it back up. But you know what's always funny when you you go you have to like like what's the word I'm trying to look for punish people uh, retroactively it's always confusing to me for example like when Reggie Bush lost his Heisman uh, yeah. like their national title they technically didn't win it now some college basketball stuff where the games that Jim Bayheim won like don't count it's like yeah but they did like they happened you know what I mean <laughs> so like you can look in the record books and it's gonna have an asterisk and say like technically it doesn't count but it counts because it happened so like, you can't take away their world series unfortunately because they happened even if you want to technically and I'm doing air quotes here technically take them away when you think about 2017 you're gonna say the Astros won the world series not the Dodgers so it sucks it's such a weird situation to have to retroactively try to change things that are done with yeah, uh, it's just it's uh, you can't really do anything. I, I don't I don't think you could take away any. Maybe you could take away an MVP or, or something like that. Can't wait to take away the championships, but um, ultimately it's just you know it, it is what it is, and you can't take it back, and you just gotta live with it. And, and hopefully that there's some kind of punishment that's gonna feel punitive enough where everyone can walk away and, and not feel scarred. But I'll tell you what's gonna suck. Um, when all these players who were implicated go to other teams, like obviously Garrett Cole's off the team now, you gotta you gotta think that he was you know was was had some purview into it, and they're looking like they're they're gonna trade Carlos Correa. He's gonna talk about it wherever he's going. He was a huge part of it. So I mean, you know, people people are gonna feel like like crazy victimized by these players, and they're gonna they're ultimately they you gotta hope that they don't feel vilified within the within the new clubhouses that they go to, and you know, people lost a lot of money because of that cheating. You know, lost arbitration cases, lost contracts. I would feel real sour grapes if I were a lot of players. Absolutely. It's no joke. And there's nothing we're going to say right now to fix it. And there's nothing that's going to even possibly be done to really fix it. So it, it definitely just a sucky situation all around. But let's move on to more specific stuff about the New York Yankees. Um, this, okay. this rotation. I mean, when we talked about them last year, I think going into the playoffs, I put up a poll and jog my memory if you remember the exact specifics here of what was the biggest, you know, function of the team that you have worries about. And I put starting pitching, I put bullpen, I put hitting, I put coaching. And, uh, you know, I thought it was very obvious that starting pitching could be the, the biggest worry there. Some people actually thought hitting was because of, like, the boomer bust situation with the home runs, which is a completely different conversation. Surprisingly, no one said coaching, which I think Boone has finally won a lot of the trust uh, I did. over, which is nice. But starting pitching was clearly the number one problem or number one worry here. Does this one guy alone, and I know he's been absolutely off the charts incredible the past two seasons, does this one guy alone – Really flip it that hardcore to say now the Yankees are the World Series favorites number one, even though they might have been anyway. Basically, I'm trying to say is, is there a slight overreaction that one guy alone is going to flip this rotation to be one of the best in the league compared to last year where it was probably the biggest weakness on the team? Well, I, I mean, in a vacuum, no. I mean, you know, he was the best pitcher on the Astros the last two years and didn't win a World Series, right? So, I mean, that, there's that. Um, but it's it's about what happens to the rest of the team, right? So you have you have you didn't have Luis Severino last year, 
um, for all but what two starts and then a, a start and a half or so in the playoffs. Um, James Paxton was horrible in the first half of the year and then got really comfortable in the second half of the year. And then you had, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know what's going to go on with Domingo Armand, but he looked like he looked like an ACE last year too. And then you got master yards and Aka and, and, and he was Mr. Consistency. So now all of a sudden you have a number one in Cole, who's the most obvious number one in the world. And it's Severino who's an ACE in his own right. Paxton, who is an, another person who got, who's gotten Cy Young votes in his career. Tanaka, who is, you know, one of the best playoff pitchers we've ever had in, on the Yankees. Um, and then Montgomery or, uh, or, or uh, Herman or Debbie Garcia, who's going to look like an animal, you know, and on top of that, the Yankees pitching staff, to an extent, it's much ado about nothing, right? Um, they were one of the best uh, pitching t- uh, staffs in, in the league uh, last year. It just wasn't as good as Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Greinke. And, you know, another huge part of that now is that not only do we have Garrett Cole, but the Astros don't have Garrett Cole anymore, which is, you know, it, that's a gigantic shift in the paradigm. That's honestly such a good point, right? It's a, it's a double win. It's a complete double yeah. win right there. I didn't think about it like that, and I guess I should have. But now, and who's been our biggest roadblock? Who's been our biggest hurdle for the past three years? The Strohs? You know, the, the Astros, yeah, exactly. So Now only if you can get Verlander out of there. I mean, Verlander, is, <laughs> he's, he's like Tom Brady. He's just going to pitch and pitch and pitch, and every year you're going to think, okay, well, it's going to end. But who knows how much he's cheating? <laughs> yeah, you know what? If that, if that Just like Tom Brady. <laughs> is this the second thing that's come out for them? Wasn't there some sort of like uh, – or was yeah, that the, was that the Cardinals? It was, it was somebody in their front office. The I don't Card- really remember what, what the exact thing was, but uh, yeah, there was, like what? right before this all came out. All right. Well, anyways, it's another thing. So that's a, that's a huge win, and the Severino part is really, really key here too. If he's back and healthy and looks anything remotely like what he did two years ago, he was, this guy was incredible. We thought about him as a guy who can go up against Verlander, go up against Cole Kershaw, any uh, all or all the Indians guys who were still uh, really, really effective at that point in time. Like he was top notch in the league. So getting them both back, it's a triple win. Severino back healthy with some more comfort. Uh, Cole to the Yankees, no more Cole on the Astros. It is truly incredible. Um, now, moving towards other parts of the Yankees, or maybe still the same one. It depends on your answer, I guess. What is now the biggest concern for the Yankees? Is starting pitching still a strong concern, or can you completely put that to rest and say, we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's completely taken care of. Now this is my biggest worry with the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm really worried about right now um, is uh, is the injury bug. Because, I mean, at a certain point, um, they, you know, you thought it was a fluke, but then at a certain point, the, the entire season, uh, everyone was going down. You got to think that, um, you know, there was something maybe the coaching staff was doing or the training staff or whatever it is. So that worries me for obvious reasons. And especially now that we are committed to someone for $324 million for nine years, if anything, God forbid happens to him, we are really screwed. So I'm worried about injuries. The other thing that everyone is making this huge deal that Matt Blake is going to be a savior, the new pitching coach for the Yankees. Uh, you know, I understand he's very analytics driven and, and, you know, that's what we want to see. He's very progressively thinking within, within the sport of baseball, but I, I don't, what does this guy accomplished? Right. And every, and, 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 you know, for as much as I hated Larry Rothschild, um, 
I don't really think he was that bad. He just, you know, he was a little antiquated. So, I mean, what, what are we expecting out of this new pitching coach? And, you know, is he going to make our players better? Are we going to have our own version of the Houston Astros where, you know, people come here and their spin rates go up and our analytics department tells you exactly what you need to be doing. And you have multiple Cy Young contenders on the staff or, you know, or, or are we going to have somebody who, to, to have no real coaching experience at a high level. I think he was at the college pitching coach and he was in the analytics department for the Indians. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the savior that we're all looking for. And I worry about people like Cole, who's coming, who's leaving the Astros with that, that um, foundation uh, and coming here and, and hoping that he can keep it up. But a lot of people made the point, hopefully because Charlie Morton left there, went to the Rays and kept up his numbers that hopefully, um, you know, you know, that that's going to be a non point, but with, with coaching, I mean, the, the thing with the spin rate is definitely calculatable. I don't know if calculatable is a word, but you know what I mean? Uh, calculable. Calcul- sure. Uh, like that's something that's <laughs> definitely measurable. How about that? It's definitely a me- measurable statistic. But one thing we've talked about with Aaron Boone too in the past and coaches in general in baseball, it's becoming harder and harder to quantify to see with your own two eyes, like what a coach is actually doing. Now, like you said, if there are some specific things about spin rate and uh, you know, when people are throwing off speeds and what parts of the count, if some of those specific things are showing up when this guy shows up, He's probably going to get some kudos, but is he also going to get crap if some of the same things from last year continue to happen, or does that fall on Aaron Boone now? Because Rothschild seemed to be, from my perspective at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, a hundred percent. Like this guy was just getting thrown under the bus. Like, how much can he help <clears throat> that Severino's out for a whole year? This guy's not doing it. Um, James, Paxton obviously figured out, but who was the other guy? Well, uh, it's not. It wasn't necessarily that. I mean, you look at anybody who came here who was good. You look at. You look at Sonny Gray, for example, who his entire career has been good, came to the Yankees, was garbage, right? Like the people like that that we pointed to, to Rothschild and, and he wasn't good. And then that's where Yankee fans got frustrated. Yeah, but that also doesn't make sense to me. Like that doesn't add up. The same thing you said about Charlie Morton goes to Tampa, keeps it up. Like he is the pitcher who he is now at that point because he learned what he's learned. Like is Sonny Gray, the, the home road splits were so in favor of the road starts. Like so maybe he was just not – a good New York pitcher. Like it's very possible that was the case. So I don't yeah, know, but it wasn't just him. It, it, it happened pretty often when any, whenever we were trade for any, you know, you know how many times Cashman has tried to trade for the next Garrett Cole, right? It, it's, it's happened a million times, even like James Paxton for the vast majority of last season, disappointed like crazy after he was, uh, you know, pretty much an ace, uh, you know, a top of the line pitcher for, for the Mariners for five years or so. I mean, you know, there, there's something to it with that. So you you hope that we can make people better. Like, like when people go to the Rays, when people go to the Indians, when people go to the Astros, you want that where they just become a better pitcher. We haven't had that ever. Yeah, it's true. It's been it's been a minute since then. So is there another portion of the team that do, that does worry you? Like, where are some of the, of the other holes on this roster? Obviously, you had to say goodbye to Didi Gregorius, which is a tough pill to swallow, but one that you kind of had to see coming. I think you actually called it on this podcast. So like I where, sure did call that. <laughs> where else, <laughs> humble brag? Where else can this team improve? Because uh, obviously the ace is now under control with Garrett Cole, which rhymed, and I'm proud of it. But what, where, where else can this team get better now? The only thing I notice is that we, and I don't know that I put too much stock into it anyway. Um, in modern day baseball, we don't have lefties on this team at the moment. 
Mike Ford is our only lefty because Didi's gone, and um, Brett Gardner is not signed at the moment. I expect Brett Gardner to be signed. Don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> there is no lefty bats in this lineup, and the only switch hitting bat we have is Aaron Hicks, who's going to who, who got Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out till you know July or so. So I mean that worries me there um, for dominant pitchers, but I don't think any team that is a legitimate contender got better so far in the off season. Everyone's gotten worse or stayed the same. So I, I mean, I, I'm not really a cocky Yankee fan. I think you know that about me. You're more of a skeptic um, to be honest. What did you say? You're more of a skeptic to be honest. Yeah. I don't see anyone challenging the Yankees right now. I just don't see it. I mean, the nationals got Strasburg back, but they just lost Rendon, who's arguably the MVP of last year. I know he didn't win it, but he was definitely an MVP candidate. Um, you know, you look at the Astros, they just lost Garrett Cole. They might have to trade Carlos Correa. Yeah, wait, uh, wait what's that? Let me, stop, let me stop you there. Is that a thing? Carlos Correa might have to, yeah. just might get traded. What is that about? Yeah. Um, they are um, looking to make they, they, they're in money problems because they they had all their young guys. They had to pay all their young guys, and now they need pitching help. And like you know, they have Zach Greinke's trade now. Zach Greinke's making stupid money. You know, it's true. <clears throat> uh, um, yeah, you, you, I'm sure that you know Correa got paid already. If I'm not mistaken, he already got his big contract. They right. extended him, and then you have Altuve's contract, and you know this. Verlander is getting paid at the wazoo. I, so they have to make room for him and everyone's getting worse. I mean, the, the, the Dodgers are losing Ryu. Uh, you know, they missed out on, on, uh, on Cole. Uh, they didn't get it. Where are the contenders? Where, where are the Yankees worried? It's a good point. I mean, what happens with the Red Sox? Like, cause we talked about Mookie Betts. You mentioned they got to sell off. Like, they're going to sell off David price. Right. They, they're selling David off. Price. Uh, they're, they're taking uh, offers for him now. In a way, so hear me out. Here's a little spin zone for you right now. All right. So over the past five years, I'll say five in general, maybe even longer than that, but one of the biggest complaints, correct me if I'm wrong, is that Cashman, Steinbrenner, and the Yankees are not spending the big bucks. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Okay. So spin zone. (laughs) The Yankees were just waiting while all the other contenders in the market, the Red Sox, the Astros, yep. the Dodgers, spent, spent, spent until their pockets burst open. And now the Yankees see this moment where the Red Sox had a down year looking to sell off pieces. The Astros have all this stuff on their plate, negative. They have to sell off pieces. The Dodgers, who knows how long they can continue to be just close to good enough. The Yankees now decide to spend, now decide to say, here we are. This is our juggernaut. Our last four years have been cute. This is the time where we are coming alive to put a a, a real hurt on the rest of the league. Is that a spin zone? Sure, for you? but it, it is. But at the same time, those teams that spent that money won championships. True, you know. So it's, it's like true. true point. I, I, whatever I, my my whole philosophy is, I don't care what contract does what. If I get a championship out of it, it's worth it. It, you know, CC Sabathia got me a cha- championship. A Rod got me a championship. Mark Teixeira got me those long, big contracts. Like they got us a championship. <clears throat> you think that you think that um, Houston is is upset that they that they signed? Uh, you know, or a better thing would be the Red Sox. You think the Red Sox are upset? They got Chris Sale, Chris Sale, or or Dice. <laughs> they will probably never be anywhere near an elite pitcher ever again. Either of them, but they won him a championship. That's it. That's all. That's all it takes. And that's if, you, if Garrett Cole wins me a championship, he's in, eternally in 
train uh, as a Yankee for me. And that's what it's all about. And the same thing goes now for contracts like the Padres with Machado, for Harper and the Phillies. Now the Phillies have made other moves now, uh, bringing in Joe Girardi, which is probably a little bittersweet for a lot of New York folks. Um, but if you can bring a championship, that buffer period until you need to win again becomes bigger and bigger. So that brings me to our next topic of conversation because we haven't really talked about the contract situation with Garrett Cole yet, but you kind of just made your point clear. So right now, it's, is it official yet or is it still reported 324 over nine years? 324 over nine, no deferred comps. So it's all it's all uh, within the, the nine years that he's there. All right. Which, again, all those poopy pants uh, fans on Twitter poopy pants. Uh, who were saying that I, I, I like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna th- those last three years of his contract are gonna be an albatross. Who cares? Who gives a crap? You worry about that in 2025 or whenever it is. <laughs> if he if he is the guy who we saw pitch for the past two seasons from now to the next what four years, who cares? Like you said, like it doesn't really matter. And he's got postseason success, and he's great in the postseason. We watched him do that. He will be he pitched in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs and was lights out. Like, you know what he's going to be. And he's 28. 29, but well, yeah. He was 28. I'm looking at the pitchers, stats, whatever. The pitchers in, in baseball, they, for whatever reason, the, the most elite ones in baseball are getting better as they get older. It's not like it's not like hitters. You look at Jacob deGrom. You look at Max Scherzer. You look at um, you look at Justin Verlander. All these pitchers are in their mid to late thirties. You know who should all feel really good? Every single old head, uh, whether they be sitting on their couch at home or an analyst on TV that's like a former player or whatever. Anybody who ever said ah, all these guys coming in throwing a hundred, but can you hit a spot? Like they are so <laughs> they feel so good about themselves right now because they're right. Like. We see it time and time and again with these pitchers. Steven Strasburg, another guy who just got a contract, is the perfect example. Came in as a flamethrower, electric factory pitcher in his young days in Washington. He's a completely different pitcher now. If you saw highlights of Steven Strasburg last year versus five or whatever, when did he start? Six years ago? I forget what it was. But if you saw highlights, you would say, wait, that's the same guy? And he's possibly, he is better with that one? Like his stuff's way less electric it's still really really nice but he's not pumping 99 anymore and it's it really is impressive and i think every pitcher verlander's another example if cole learned anything from verlander how do you stay good at age 35 plus because i think cole now has the tools in the toolbox to figure that out yeah man i i'm fine with it i, I just i couldn't care less and you look at someone like cc sabathia who completely re- was able to reinvent himself throughout that, that contract had about two bad years. And then you were able to, he was an awesome fifth starter for us for years, you know, and then he has, he, he's going to feel comfortable here. If he doesn't like it, he's got that opt out in his fifth year, which he, he would be the stupidest person in the world to take to leave $114 million on the, uh, on the table in his age 34 season. But I'm fine with it. He's not. He's never been a flamethrower. He's he he he's gotten better with age. He's figured out to get rid of that sinker, to throw more curveballs, throw more fastballs. He's gonna be fine, and he's such a gamer. Brian Cashman has wanted him since he was in high school. He's tried to get him multiple times since high school. They know that this guy is going to be a stud uh, in 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 New York. So I'm totally totally just everything about it. I'm hyped about. 
Yeah, the CC comp was so great because you really did see the whole arc there, or double arc. I guess it's like the, the West Coast stuff. Yeah, no, I'm just saying if you look at like his career arc, it goes up. And then he's on the Yankees. He's throwing flame. And then it goes down. And he's trying to figure it out. And then it goes back up again. And I think Cole is a perfect candidate to be that same type of guy. But because he's never relied on 99, 100 miles per hour, he may never even get that downgrade. He may stay that consistent. Maybe not a 2.5 ERA over 212 innings, but like he's going to be really, really good. Uh, it, yeah, man. There's not much else to say about it with with Garrett Cole. So also though, when you talked about what do you call them, poopy pants before? Poopy pants, uh, yeah, uh, poopy pants baseball fans. Those poopy pants baseball fans who are on Twitter saying that are the same people who responded to our, uh, or the same person, I should say, who responded to our tweet at Sportblog NYC when I put out the tweet, like, Garrett Cole will officially be wearing pinstripes, whatever. Then I quoted the tweet and put $324 million over nine years, according to Jeff Paston. Somebody responded and said, actually, John Heyman had it first. Like, all right, bro. Who I cares? I didn't say according to Jeff Passan first before John Heyman. Like I didn't like you know what I'm saying? Like come on now. No, I'm with you. Although the 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 John Heyman stuff is funny though because he he's very well known for being Scott, like in Scott Boris's pocket. So uh, he just you uh, know yes. he, he's always the was that, was that? I said ah yes. Yeah, he's always the uh, you know a mystery team is coming down the pipeline type of guy. So yeah, uh, uh, for him to actually break, it was funny. So I wrote shout out to John Heyman in response to the guy. Sorry for your inconvenience, but uh bitmoji John Heyman, <laughs> the sports blog, New York podcast, Al Gargento, Peter Kennedy, quick rebound here just to uh, tie everything up. We're talking about Yankees, we're talking about Garrett Cole. Uh, we'll do a little quick shout outs on the Mets later with Beltron uh, with Michael Walker. No, I'm not kidding. We're not talking about Michael Walker. And Scott, Steve Cohen, obviously the big things there with the Mets. What will Brody's plan be? We'll do that at the end for like five minutes or so, ten minutes or so. But this Yankees talk was necessary. So, Alec, thank you for coming on. Let's keep talking here, though, about the situation. With a guy like Zach Wheeler, who goes... I heard this on Twitter, too. A guy like Zach Wheeler goes to Philly. His contract, obviously, much smaller than Garrett Cole's. Is there a world where Yankee fans have any leg to stand on where they're saying, I'd rather have paid Zach Wheeler half than Garrett Cole, the full thing? No, I mean, Zach Wheeler's contract is... I saw somebody say it on Twitter. There's a world, and this is the world we live in, where not only is Zach Wheeler not worth that money, but he still makes the team better. He, He makes the Phillies a better team. He would not make the Yankees a better team. He's exactly what we've had a million times. Like we, if I'm understanding your question, like I'm not upset to have someone like that. I'd rather spend all the money in the world, get a guaranteed ace, which we haven't had in, in forever, um, and instead of having a third to fifth starter for five years. I think that's fair. I mean, that's the way to do it. Like like you said, James Paxton, Sonny Gray. Um, there's probably another guy in the recent. Who's the other dude who was with you guys last year? Uh, I mean, Jay Happ. Jay Happ, right. (laughs) Zach Wheeler is those guys. Like, yeah, he can be great for a stretch, but he could also be crap for a stretch. And what, 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 when did fans become so conscious of this? It's almost like the herd mentality uh, on Twitter nowadays with contracts and baseball and baseball analytics. It's like one person says something that sounds really smart and can be true based off X analytics. And everybody's like, that's it forever. And that's the only thing I'm going with. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> and I feel like baseball needs 
a smack in the face. Baseball fans need a smack in the face that there isn't one way to do this and different teams need different stuff. I don't even if you ask the Dodgers, I don't think they're going to sit back and say we regret paying those guys because they made it to the top of the mountain. They just got knocked off by their competitor up there. Like even though they didn't win it, it's worth what they did 10 times out of 10. And the same thing goes for every sport. Like right now with a team like the Los Angeles Rams, they made it to a Super Bowl last year. They're paying everybody they can. It seems like they have a different salary cap than every other team in the league. They're paying so many people and may, may it bite them in the ass in two years. Yeah. But this year they're a little down. Next year they can be a top-notch Super Bowl contender again because there is ebb and flow in sports. Dynasties are not normal. The Warriors are not normal. The late 90s Especially Yankees— Especially in baseball. Yeah, the late 90s Yankees are not normal. Look at the San Francisco Giants. They were premier contenders every two years for six years. And the years in between, what were they? They weren't that special. You know the last time we had a repeat winner uh, in baseball for championships was? The Yankees in Nin- yeah. 1999-2000. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Dynasties don't exist. And if you think you're going to moneyball it to become a dynasty, it's not how it goes. It's not how it goes. Sometimes you have to say this contract from an analytic standpoint may not pay out years 6, 7, 8, 9. But if one, two, three, four, five get us to the top, sign me the yep. hell up. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm with it. Is there any slander? I know Cashman. I've always said in Cashman we trust. I'm not even a Yankee fan. I just think that dude pulls the like he pulls the trigger on the right stuff. He's calculated, but he's aggressive. I've always loved Cashman. I wish the Mets had a guy like Cashman. But there has been criticism the past two years. Is all that criticism to bed now? I mean, I think so. I, I, it's, it's just hard. You don't know what's going on behind behind the scenes, right? Because I think that Cashman has always done well with what he's been able to do right people for before when george steinbrenner was was the owner everyone said oh he's got the easiest job in the world he's all he does is throw money and fine but he still you know landed those free agents and got got everyone that he ever wanted and then george died and they were a little bit more money conscious so then he had to do savvy trades and building up a farm system like he always wanted but we don't know if hal was telling him hey i don't want to spend money you know i want to get we don't know how, how maybe he wants Maybe he wants another yacht or whatever it is. So um, he's, I think that he wanted, he knew he wanted to get a pitcher in the past. Uh, I've seen, um, I've seen him get very angry when people bring up the fact that he's missed on every big ace pitcher that's come around through um, free agency or through trades. So I think that he was. They were just waiting for the right time. You, 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 he's fixed any uh, conception of him as being someone who, who can't do it. I don't really think it was him. I think it was just House Einbrenner putting the roadblock on it. So uh, I don't think there's anything how, uh, that, that uh, Brian Cashman can't do. But the one thing I always want him is to not be afraid to lose a trade. I think he's always a little right. too afraid to lose a trade. That's a fair point. He he wants to come out on top, and I think everybody in the league knows that now, and it makes him mm-hmm. harder to trade with if you're other teams. It's actually very similar. A guy he reminds He's me Danny of. Ainge. I was, Danny Ainge. I was going to say Daryl Morey, too. Mm-hmm. S- similar thing. Like Danny Ainge, Daryl Morey are in the same ilk as Brian Cashman, where they it seems like they can take over any team, and in five years, they're a contender. Like it feels like they have that type of willpower, that type of smarts, that type yeah, of team do with the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> that type of analytics department where they can put together a roster within five years and make any team a contender. And Cashman deserves all that credit. And what should make you guys more happy as Yankee fans, 
is I think what would create the best equation here for Yankee fans is being able to run like a small market and be successful and combine that with splashy moves. And that's what happened right here, where you have, you know, the decision to to let Didi walk is probably not an easy one, but the decision to pay him what he got is very, very hard as well. But probably not as hard as letting him walk. It's probably like, think about what Didi Gregorius means to Yankee fans, right? He he took over for the yep. captain and did it with more grace and success than anyone could have imagined. He led you on postseason runs. He's one of your best players for multiple years. Obviously banged up last year. Letting him walk and being able to run like a small market, but then make those other splash moves is the perfect balance. And I think the Yankees have that. And I'm very jealous as a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to be back. I'm just I'm just stoked to be back we it just have- feels right it feels like everything is back back in where it should be um and we could just move on knowing that we're the odds on favorite to win the world series there's everyone's afraid of us uh and people thought that the dodgers and the angels were going to come close on this offer turns out they were about 40 million dollars short uh and 80 million dollars short respectively like just just back off we had we, <laughs> we do what we want we're the new york king that's it it's back um yeah, he came, saw, and conquered his number one need and number one target, and that's what I tweeted out yesterday from our Twitter account, and uh, that's how I feel. Uh, well, quick, quick aside on the Angels before we talk about the Mets for ten minutes. Do they have a chance to become like a playoff team even this year? Like, are they going to spend that type of deal? Like, what's happening? The here? Mets? No, the Angels. Oh, like what? Uh, I mean, there's been some splashy stuff about them. Like on Twitter, they're making moves for Cole. Like now that they're not spending on Cole, are they going to now put that money somewhere else and try to become a real team? Here's the thing, though. Such Here's a shame. The thing, though, is, is if you if you don't get the guy you want, don't just say, "Hey, I have the money. I was going to spend it anyway. I'll put it back in the team." This is this is what the Yankees. This like this is what Cashman did. He didn't get Corbin, right? We know he wanted Corbin. But he didn't get Corbin because he didn't come at the price he want. But he didn't spend that money on anything stupid just for the sake of saying I had the money. He waited for his guy and got Garrett Cole. The Angels are not one piece away. The Yankees were the only team in the league that were one piece away from being the best team in the league. The Angels are not that. They have Mike Trout and Angels and Simmons, and that's about it. They don't really have anything else. Shohei Otani, we have no idea what he's going to be. We have no idea. He's been hurt for the vast majority of his, his MLB career. I'm not really, you know, what are they going to offer outside of sunny weather? And sunny weather gets really old when you have people like Albert Pujols on your team who's a million years old, who's clogging up the the, the lineup. You know, watching Mike Trout every day is awesome, but, you know, they can't fill a team around him unless they do something. And I don't think Joe Madden is that good of a coach. I think Joe Madden's best days as as a manager are behind him. Yeah, it's probably fair. It's probably fair to say. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I just want to see them be in meaningful games. You know, I, can we just get some meaningful games for Mike Trout? Just, just a couple. No, nah, I, I, I mean, I've always, I've always said this. Mike Trout is the, is the Russell Westbrook of uh, of baseball. He's a me, me, me guy. He doesn't care about the team. If he was so good, he make the team better, and they oh, win games. God, that is such not a one to one comparison, and I hate it so much. I hate it so much. <laughs> Oh boy! Also, uh, I, it's a fun it, it's a fun hill to die on. Oh uh, yeah, you could have fun with it until so, like then. God forbid he makes one playoffs and just hits nineteen home runs and then. Just... Yeah, he's been in the league for like ten years. Tell me what. Tell me when he makes a playoffs. Yeah, right. right. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wake you up when that happens. Um, yeah, he's he, it's all it's not like he's only going to get worse as the years go on because that's what happens when he's at this age. Not when you take steroids, Alec. 
Oh, that's true. You should take stories. I'm all about stories. You know me. <laughs> I feel like you actually subtweeted the Knicks there too before you were like, you know, if you don't get the guy you want, you don't have to spend the rest of it on other guys. <laughs> yeah, well, in basketball, it's a bit different though because you like I don't think the Knicks really did that. I mean, you have, there's a floor, there's a salary floor. Yeah, but you like, don't. You could be. Yeah, but you don't have to hit the floor until the end of the season. So, like, the floor is a thing, right? You have to spend X amount of dollars for the season. But you don't have – say the floor is $90 million. You don't have to spend $90 million by day one of the season. You have to spend $90 million by day, game 82 of the season. So, like, there's ways to get around it. And obviously – Yeah, but at the that, same time, at the same time, you want to have assets that, that could potentially be tradable. So right. So, like, you know – you get you getting Marcus Morris, who is going to net you a first round pick, right. is worth it. You know, absolutely, what I mean? absolutely. I'm just saying, I was on board at the time of most of those signings, so I can't flip flop now. I am just saying there was another route where they didn't sign as many people as they did, maintained some flexibility for trades, taking on bad contracts for more picks, um, etc. But that's besides the point. We're not talking Knicks right now. Let's move on to the Mets for, for a hot <laughs> minute. I don't want to get too sad. You know what I mean. <laughs> I could always talk about the Knicks, the Giants, and the Yankees. You know me. That's right. But talking about the Mets here, Beltron off the bat, just reiterate what you kind of said before he got hired, like two months ago now. Why do you think this is a good hire? Uh, I think he's a, he's a clubhouse guy. Uh, he's someone who believes in analytics. He's going to step out of the way, which I think is great, and not get in his own head. And he's awesome with the media, which the Mets have not had in a very, very, very long time is someone who's not going to get in his own way, be on the headlines all the time. People love Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is a darling of, of baseball. Um, so I, I I think he's the guy you want. He's a, he's a, a, an excellent player who knows what it takes to, to also be successful in New York uh, on the Mets. I think that that's also important. Um and yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I think that he's someone who's just going to, he's, he's, he knows how to mentor and grow young, young personnel. And he's been doing that as a player for the past six, seven years anyway. Right. And, and this team is not like super far off. They're, they're not obviously there. They're not ready. I've gotten this argument with all, I got actually with our friend, Mike, with, our, uh, with, with our friend, Mike Craven. Uh, I, it's not, they have talent on the team. They're not competing for anything anytime soon for no. at least another decade because oh, decade. You, uh, Holy uh, smokes. You'll, you'll, you'll be, and by that time, none of these players are going to be on the team anyway. Your pitching staff sucks. Your pitching staff sucks. You have Jacob DeGrom. That's awesome. You have nothing else. Marcus Stroman was garbage for you guys. Once, once he went to that team, JD Davis, Jeff McNeil, Conforto, those are good players. You'll never see that three of those players. They're all the same type of player, which is like an above average player. You'll, you'll never have three above average players like that leads you to a championship. Right. Pete Alonzo, Jacob deGrom, excellent, excellent, excellent top of their class players. Everything besides that is average and good. You can, and, and with a horrible, horrible bullpen, there's no yeah. way that they're like, you can, you cannot expect anything out of there. Not only, not only were they third in their division, but, um, uh, uh, what's it called? The, the Phillies are better this year than they were last year, and the Nationals are—they were a wild card team who who is clearly played better uh, uh, to, than a wild card team should and won a World Series. So, 
that the Braves, the Phillies, and the the Nationals are significantly better than the Mets in pretty much every faculty. And and while they don't have a Jacob Degrom or Pete Alonso, we know how baseball is. I don't care how many you you have to play as a team and hit at the right time and have timely hitting and timely pitching, or else you're not going to do anything. So the fact that the fact that people think that they're like that this team is going to win anything or that like they might be fun to watch. They're not going to win anything. And I would venture to guess that they could still very much be under 500 this year. It's true. It's true. Like, but they could also be in a close wild card contention maybe. But what, what does that get you? You know, like they, they get to the wild card, right? They are not the nationals. They do not have. Neither um, were the nationals. What, no, the Nationals were, though, because you have Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, and Patrick Corbin. They're built for the playoffs. The Mets have Noah Syndergaard, who's not good anymore. He, let's just call a spade a spade. He's not good anymore. Marcus Stroman, who was garbage for the Mets. I think he had like two or three good starts at the end, but he was garbage for the Mets. And and, and Jacob deGrom. So Jacob deGrom is Jacob deGrom. But Jacob deGrom has lost a million games on, in his Mets career because they never score runs for him. Right. That's not going to change. Like it's, it's just how it's how it works. And that bullpen's going to blow the lead every time. They didn't do anything to make that bullpen better. <laughs> yeah, the, the bullpen is a train wreck. I mean, if Seth Lugo has to pitch the 500 innings again next year, I'm going to cry watching them. Like that poor man had to get thrown out there to save the day a hundred times. <laughs> how many times did that guy pitch last year? I got to look up the stat there. But uh, he's the Tanyan Sturts of the of the Mets last year. Did you see by any chance from either Instagram or Twitter what happened with JJ, our guy JJ from the fan, John Jaskremski? Uh, maybe. What what happened with Marcus Stroman? No, I didn't see it. What happened? All right. So after Zach Wheeler goes to the Phillies, JJ goes on Twitter and says he doesn't add him. He just says it. He goes, "If I'm the Mets, I would have rather kept Wheeler over Marcus Stroman." A take that's probably pretty fair. Maybe it's arguable. Who knows, right? But. Besides the point, Marcus Stroman saw that tweet and blocked JJ on Twitter. <laughs> Stroman, I, I I don't really get Stroman. He sometimes he seems like a cool dude. Sometimes he seems like like a crazy nerd, and sometimes he just seems like as lame as humanly possible. I don't really get him. Yeah, but have, I mean, he's a New York guy, right? That's something that gets thrown out when he got traded to the Mets. He's from Long Island. He's supposed to be Long a, Island. A, a, yeah, he's supposed to be a New York guy. And you're blocking people over a tweet? What? Like, come on now. I was actually really stoked the Yankees didn't trade for him at the deadline because that would have been, like, that's not getting Garrett Cole. That's getting another James Paxson, Masahiro Tanaka, Sonny Gray, Jay Hap. Like, that, that's that's who he is. He's a, a, nice a three-starter. A nice guy, but not a great guy. Yeah, he's a he's a above average talent who's had plenty of four and a half ERA seasons. Yeah, exactly. So the Mets far further off than maybe I was trying to let on in the in the beginning of this conversation here about the Mets. Um, so even with Steve Cohen buying a portion of the Mets, a bigger portion of the Mets, where presumptually is that that's not the right presume presumptually? Yeah, I think that's the right word. Presumably, presumably, presumably. what does presumptually mean? It's not a word, so it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a word. Anyways, presumably, Cohen might help them spend more money, right? So is there any angle here? Is there any route here with that happening that can help boost the Mets into some sort of contender spot? Like, what even is a move to be made or a signing to be made that can burst the Mets into this better realm of team? I mean, you get Mookie Betts, you're, you're a lot better of a team. But I don't... I don't know how much power he has right now because 
he has he has a majority stake now. I get that, but the the Wilpons are still in power for the next five years. So right, right. it's not fully taking place for some sort of time. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, what's he? How much can he do? I I, I don't really understand what his place is going to be, and you know, I, I think he could very well be their savior. I, he he couldn't. He might as well, he might not be, but I mean, anything's better than the Wilpons. I know this because I, I I'm a Knicks fan, and I know how James Dolan is, and anything right. could be better than James Dolan. So, you know, I, I he, he if he opens up his pocketbook. I don't really. I think that's a huge thing in baseball. You know, they they they've developed young talent, but you need to surround that young talent with with veterans and and all star free agents. Like that's just how baseball works. Oh, you don't mean like so Todd Frazier? <laughs> I don't. I mean, or like Adrian you know, Gonzalez. Todd Frazier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that Adrian Gonzalez one. That was, uh, that was a tough one. That was hilarious. Uh, you you need to you need to get some kind of combination of free agency. I mean, you look at any team. It's won a championship around the league. Look at the look at the Nationals, right? They they spend money to get Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin. They won a World Series. You look at the Red Sox. They spend money to get David Price and Chris Sale and whoever else. They won a World Series. You look at the Astros. They got Justin Verlander. All these, you know, the, the, you need to get you need to get it, or else you're never going to do anything. Unless you're the 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 Royals, but that was a fluke year. That's fluke. the only time it's happened. Fluke. Yeah, it's true. Damn, son, it hurts. But you know what? I think I think uh, as long as the Mets don't have to play any games in June, we have a chance. That team cannot win in June. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I also I I think you got to be a little hopeful that Edwin Diaz is a little bit better this year. Yeah, you know, uh, hopeful that the one the best closer in baseball two years ago can be at least okay this year. That'll be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's only like 24 years old. Yeah, I hope he'll he'll figure it out. We think, we hope, maybe. I don't know. It's tough to say. But the closers, <laughs> closers of all positions do have this weird, like, career of runs in a way, right? Like, there's closers who are absolutely dominant for like two or three years. Then like their arms not right, and then they could come back and be that guy again. I don't know what it takes to do that, but Diaz is a prime candidate to have this really down year, come back healthy, mind right knows what to expect for being in New York and what whatever and be better. That's all we're asking for. And that and that's and that's why you look at people like Mariano Rivera and you have an extra like added level of respect for him because yeah. it just doesn't happen. It's true. It's true. All right, Alec, any last words to throw out here on the Sports Blog New York podcast? It could be about the baseball, about the Knicks, about football. What do you what do you got for me? Yeah, thank thank you Brian Cashman for giving me a team to root for while I continue to watch the Knicks get worse somehow this year than they were last year and watch the Giants somehow be worse this year than they were last year. <laughs> I'm surprised there was no Eli Manning shout out there. I don't, I, I've already made my peace with Eli Manning month, week, uh, months ago. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> there, there you go. There it is. All right. Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm Peter Kennedy. Thank you all for listening as always. Uh, two quick episodes. We didn't expect to do this uh, at the beginning of the week because there was an NBA episode came out on Wednesday. And wait, today? Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday. And this one will be coming out on Thursday now. So good stuff here. Thankfully, we got to talk Yankees and Garrett Cole because it is something that uh, New York fans are thirsty for right now. Some positive stories about the New York franchises. Ain't that right? Heck yeah. That's right. All right. Sports by New York podcast, Al Gargento, Peter Kennedy. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, do that whole fun thing there that people tell you to do during podcasts. And that's it. Have a great day. Yeah.